0: Martling, Peter Bales, and our podcast is Stand I Up Memories. I should not Sta- point I,
1: this out, because almost wearing the same shirt as last week.
0: I'm almost, I was so close to getting that. Stand Up Memories is our podcast, and here we go, we're back. Okay. <laughs> same shirt. It's the same shirt, because it's the same day, and we have no, the illusion. No, what
1: you're supposed to say is you felt nostalgic for last week's show. So you put on the same shirt, because that's what I did. (laughs) Um, What we're not going to say is I'm wearing the
0: same tidy whities as three weeks ago.
1: Oh, oh. You making your pants? No. What's that smell? Well, not recently. (laughs) So, out of the clear blue sky, did you ever go to the Westbury Drive-In?
0: Yes, back in the day.
1: Now, this is a way to date ourselves, because the Westbury Drive-In is now... 19,000 movie theaters. But in the old days, going to the drive-in, I can still remember my first trip to the drive-in to see the great locomotive chase with Fess Parker and my mother loaded the car with a bunch of us. But as you got older, we would go and one time, me and Chris Bates, the guy I played guitar with, we went with two girls and we got in the trunk of my car and the girls... Paid for the two of them to go into the drive-in, and we went in, and then they let us out of the trunk, luckily, and we watched the movie, and we thought it was so much fun, and it wasn't for a month or two later that they were giggling and they said we have to come clean. We, we knew the person at the ticket booth, <laughs> so we had given them the money for the tickets. So oh my god! They pocketed the money, oh. but that's not the reason uh. I'm telling the story is. Oh, my goodness. A very good friend of mine, Frank Bear. I, his name is Frank Bear, and I call him Frankie No Clothes, which is very, very creative. Bear, no clothes. And he's still a very good friend. 40 years later, we're going to have like a 50-year grammar school reunion this summer. It's just exciting. And he just didn't do real well with girls. So, uh, And I had this girlfriend, Jamie, and I got her to fix up Frankie. He had a car, and I didn't. You know, the, you, you, just like comedy. You know, when you're in high school, the guys with a the car, <clears throat> they're at a premium, you know. She so had this old green Ford, I think. I, I never, you know, he's one of those guys could tell you what every car was. All I could tell you is it was blue, you know. But we fix him up with this girl. And it, he's like Don Knotts. He's petrified. And all I remember is on the way <clears throat> to the drive-in, he took out a cigarette, and he lit the filter. Were ever, <laughs> yeah, which, which, right away, you could feel the girl saying, this guy's a putz, right? <laughs> also, in these days, there were double features. So you'd sit and watch a movie, and then they'd show a second movie. And, you know, you'd walk to the stand and get the popcorn, and, and there was a little speaker, like a metal speaker, with a claw. And the claw went over your window... And if it was cold, you rolled the window up, but the speaker was there. If it was summer, you had put the claw held the speaker on the window. It was one little crappy speaker. It was a horrible way to see a movie. Yeah. But it was the driving.
0: And it's the way the Flintstones did.
1: <laughs> so, me and Frank and Jamie and Vicky go to this movie, and it was the classic, we're in the backseat, and we're like making out and fooling around. And he's... Him and the girl are as far apart as they can be and still both be in the front seat. You know, he's up against this corner. She's... I might be exaggerating, but I don't think so. And this is when there was still, you know, one seat. You know, there's no bucket seat or anything. You know, that's like far apart. And there's no common ground. And we're not talking. We're may, you know, we're all... Friends. We're, I don't know what we're doing by then, but we're certainly having fun and fooling around. <clears throat> and... They are getting absolutely nowhere and so all of a sudden it's the first movie's over and the popcorn starts dancing and the coca-cola's dancing and the candy bars are dancing well go help yourself you know go to get some food at the at the concession stand should you drive away with the speaker Please deposit your speaker. There was actually a bin on the way out right. of the drive in where if you accidentally drove away with the speaker, you would drop the speaker in the bin. Finally, he's got an opening to talk. Ha! Could you imagine somebody being that stupid? <laughs> imagine somebody being that big of what? A and I mean, went on and on and on. And me and Jamie are in the back seat. I don't know if we were having sex, but we might have been, but we're having a wild old time. And he's going on and on and on about this, and and it's winter. So window's all the way up with the speaker hooked on it. And he's going on and on and on, and we're making out, and they're not saying anything by this point. And he, he goes, ah, this sucks. Let's get out of here. And he takes off. It didn't pull out the speaker. The speaker (laughs) ripped out the window, which splattered glass all over her, him, me, Jamie. The entire (laughs) car was splattered with with broken glass, shards and little pieces of glass. Not only that, it's winter. So there's no window, and we are freezing, but I'm peeing. I'm laughing. (laughs) It was, it was just the absolute greatest, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. Needless to say, they did not get married. But Boy. It was one of the greatest, but it, I never, I've told the story a million times, I've never heard anybody say, oh, I ripped out a wound. Everybody says, no, look, it just pops <laughs> right out. And you put it. Man, the memories that I
0: have when I listen to your stories, at the beginning of that, your, your friends tricked you into getting in the trunk to embarrass you going into the oh
1: no they didn't they they, these are two girls they were our dates we got in the trunk to save money i
0: know i know okay well that sets a story off in my mind a true story let's go back to the year 1950. Uh,
1: a true story unlike your other true stories this (laughs) one actually happened
0: this is about my father it's 1950. he's in penn station he's about to get on a train out to long island a friend comes up to him and goes bill bill boy am i glad i found you I forgot to bring money. I have no money for a ticket home. Can you help me out? My father goes, gee, I'm so sorry, Joe, but I only have enough money for my ticket. I'm really, really sorry, uh, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll, 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 we'll hide you up. We'll put you on the train, and we'll hide you under my coat and your coat, and they, the conductor won't see you. So they get on the train, and is this true. This is true. The guy. Kneels down in front of the seat and they put two coats over him. And the conductor comes down the aisle and he's taking tickets and money. And my father, you know, gives the money. And, and, and then he looks down in front of him and whips the coats off and says, The conductor, uh, oh, and here's the money for my friend's ticket. He always rides like that.
1: <laughs> 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 Isn't that great? God, that- I love that. I I thought you would say your father went... (laughs) That would have worked. And also, you know... It's such a harmless fun... It's
0: fun. fun. It's harmless fun. And, you know, you mentioned drive-in movies, and young people don't know what they are. 1950s, when car culture took over America, uh, they were a staple. And and, uh, you mentioned Fess Parker... Fess Parker, as a history teacher, let me say this. Fess Parker, great actor, really terrific actor, played on television, Daniel Boone, played in the movies and on television, Davy Crockett, two historical figures who wore coonskin caps and buckskin, and an entire generation was completely confused, could not tell the difference between Davy Crockett and I Boone. was
1: so offended after <laughs> Davy Crockett took the gig as Daniel Boone, like. I mean, how, how can you do you that? It? I mean, like it's like Paul McCartney joining the Rolling Stones, you know? Like, <laughs> what are you doing to me?
0: I'm not the only one. I was upset about that, and and nobody could tell the difference between Daniel Boone and and Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett was at the Alamo.
1: And meanwhile, Davy Crockett in in the heads of everybody in in the country. He was a, a ninety-nine out of a hundred. Daniel Boone. A few people watched that or knew. of Everybody knew his name, but Davy Crockett was ridiculously ubiquitous. I mean, they had photographers come to take pictures of me and my brother, and we would would not pose for that photographer unless we could wear our Davy Crockett T-shirts. Oh wow! And our and our. I think even the hats. I mean, I mean. To the point where we have the pictures, we're in this stupid Davy Crockett, you know.
0: You want to hear a great line from Daniel Boone? I bet you haven't even heard it. Probably has heard it. But anyway, so Daniel Boone goes out in the woods, and he's out there, doesn't come back for six months. And he comes back after six months. And they said, Daniel, were you lost? And he goes, no. No, I wasn't lost but I was a bit confused for a few months. <laughs>
1: <I have heard laughs> Isn't that a great line? That's just so great. <laughs> now, so maybe I didn't tell you about my story about the Alamo. Do you have a story about the Alamo? If you were raised in the 50s, you it was Disneyland. I still remember watching the they made the TV show Disneyland the reason he created that show was as an advertisement for Disneyland in California. Yes. It was a it was like a, a what do you call them? uh the this when is a show like to cross sell cross promotion, a, a, a spin-off, a uh, when they, when people are selling soap, but it, it was the it was an infomercial. Okay. The first infomercial was Disneyland. And I remember watching that as a kid and thinking disneyland california i'm telling you it may as well have been on pluto the idea of getting in a plane i used to ask my friends that had been on planes do you really look down and see clouds and i could start crying right now because when i i think when i was 40 when i finally made a few dollars and me and nancy were both poor kids and we went to disney world and when we first Walk down Main Street and Cinderella's Castle. I get choked up right now. It's like, It was like we died and went to heaven. And we're 40 years old. But here, so, you know, Spin and Marty and Davy Crockett, Davy Crockett and all the Davy movies, but Davy Crockett, Davy Crockett, the Alamo, the Alamo, the Alamo. And me and my buddy drive across America. We steal my parents' car. Drove, I said, I just want my car. Want the family car so I can go to, uh, orientation at Michigan State University it's three days in August so we get in the car we go around the corner and put the surfboards on the car at my buddy's house I, I, my father ran into um, Jimmy's mother at the supermarket and said uh, yeah the boys are going to uh, you know Michigan State for a couple of days and his mother said, well, why would they have had surfboards on the car? He says, what are you talking about? <laughs> so we go to Michigan State. Then we come down, and I'm telling you, this is in the old days. I mean, we're driving along in Kansas and stopping at, you know, a one a one gas pump gas station where the whole family comes out of the little house to see these guys with the surfboards on the car in the middle of Kansas.
0: Fill it up with Ethel, if Ethel don't mind. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> but I mean... It's a whole story but I mean you know St. Louis, Kansas City, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, San Francisco uh, uh, through the the Grand Canyon and through Death Valley. I mean and we had $700 between us when we left. I to this day I will never know 6 weeks we were gone. But we're coming back and I can still remember the drive across Texas at is a big state, and we came from El Paso. We're driving and driving and driving and driving, and of course we are going to the Alamo with Davy Crockett, right, and we get to the Alamo at like, and I'm not making this up, God strike me dead, I don't care, anybody believes me. And this may sound a tad bit racist, but it's not. We get to the Alamo at 5.30, and the Alamo closed. At five o'clock, it's a national historical monument. It closed at five o'clock, and it's a an adobe structure, but there's a courtyard, and the courtyard is surrounded by an adobe wall that's maybe four feet tall, and four feet thick, but it's you know it's up to here and it's around. And it's like we came all this way, you know. We're children of Davy Crockett. We're going to see the damn Alamo and we go over the wall into the courtyard of the Alamo and the security guard catches us and the security guard is Mexican, which (laughs) is just, and he takes us into into the office and we're like, listen, man, you know, we're kids that that grew up on Davy Crockett, blah, blah blah, and we cried. I don't know. We cried and begged that it's not a big deal. We weren't going to steal anything, and the guy just lets us go, which is just still amazing. It is amazing. And I told everybody for the last 50 years, I said, if if Davy Crockett had defended the Alamo, as well as that Mexican security <laughs> guard, we still we still have the Alamo. But how the, the the irony of the whole thing is just so I, I and I you could not make that up I swear. I In remember. a
0: great irony, Jackie has just remembered the Alamo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I've told the story a thousand times and I have never said that. I have
0: never <laughs> You've never said, said I remember the I Alamo. I remember
1: the Ah, uh, I remember. You know, my, you talk about a
0: national historical site. I think about something that happened to me on a tour of Gettysburg National Park, and I was so struck by it, I used it as the title of a book, A Humorous Look at American History, touring Gettysburg National Park with a small group and a tour guide. And a woman actually, I remember, she raised her hand for some reason to ask the tour guide a question, how come they always had the battles in national parks? And it was a serious question. I
1: gave you credit for coining that for Uh, your book. That
0: is, yes. But she actually... uh, how come they always had the battles in national parks? And that's, that's who's buried in Grand you know, Stone. Oh, you, know. you can't imagine. And I always say that I was so struck by that logic that later on I went up to her in the parking lot and I said, you know, I like how you think. You ever wonder how come meteors always land in craters? <laughs> that's <She's, laughs> yes, that's, that's very good. interesting. How come meteors always land in craters? Do you, do you that's do
1: you know I actually have a a Gettysburg joke. You have a Gettysburg joke? Yeah. Grandpa is with you know with his grandson, and they're you know sightseeing, and they get to Gettysburg. <clears throat> and he says to his grandson, Sonny boy, you see that field over there? Uh, you know this joke? No. You see that field over there, Sonny Boy? That's where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. And you know, Sonny Boy, there's a lot of people that say the Battle of Gettysburg was the turning point of the Civil War. And the kid says, duh, grandpa, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> He's right. I love it. Your grandmother slept with everybody on the high school football team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? I love jokes that start out smart, and he had the right year for the Battle of Gettysburg, 1863, and then bang. Just, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. And, that's, of course,
1: that's, you know, fill in as filthy a punchline as you want. <laughs> you know. Because if you knew the, the punchline I usually use, it's, like, frightening. But that's a... Uh, but, you, you know, you made a joke
0: out of something that was incredibly intense, tragic, all the men who died there it was the turning point of the war. And yet you still made a joke out of it. That's why I say there's no topic off limits. And sometimes inside comedy, and, and you're going to get this, um, people take tragedy, comedians, it's their job to take tragedy, and sometimes make light of it. And the ultimate example of that, when you can't deal with the reality of something, you make a joke out of it. And here is a, a joke that started making the rounds very early in the 1800s, after the Civil War, and it's a joke without a setup. All it needs is the punchline, and it is. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? Which, I swear
1: to God, when you were done talking, what you, you were going to saying, what you're going to say, I was okay. going to say that line that which, well that is which the old, fits every you know when you know when you can't like, deal when this with the much hor- goes wrong but this you know when you
0: can't deal with the horror it's you can turn to comedy sometimes and that's the ultimate example of it
1: and that's just crazy crazy, crazy. oh
0: i love it I love, comedy you know can help you deal with things it's it's you know robert klein said i had no punch but i had punch lines And it's a a very healthy way to deal with your issues. A lot of comedians, when they start out, are dealing with their issues, not with drugs, not with alcohol, not with violence, God forbid, but with comedy.
1: Trying to uh, escape. You know, after, like a couple weeks after Kennedy was assassinated, Lenny Bruce had, I think, either a Madison Square Garden show or or, a pretty big, important, I don't know if it was Carnegie Hall, but some really, really important show. And Kennedy had been shot, but they couldn't cancel the show. And he's like, you know, what what the hell can I possibly say? And do you know what he said? What? He came on stage. The first thing out of his mouth was, Vaughn Meter's fuck." Tell the audience who that is. There was a guy who had very little success except he looked and sounded exactly like John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. And so he had an album. He had, it was was a best-selling. Best-selling album, I think maybe of all time up until then called The First Family. And it was, because he sounded like John Kennedy and he was ripping it up and he was making a fortune and then all of a sudden was no John Kennedy. It ended. And ugh. but that you know and that, you know, pulled the plug out of the tension and like Lenny Bruce went on to have, you know. You know, you I, diffuse something there's ugh. a comic named Roger Rittenhouse from Denver. I never saw him again, but I worked with him at Just for Laughs at Montreal, and he was on the show it was me and Robert Schimmel, you know, it was an incredible show. And he has a hook. But not a fake hand. I mean he has he's missing he has a, a hook. hand. He has the prosthesis with, right. with the two prongs. Did I ever tell you this story? No, I, I don't know. Because I, I just realized that that's not the story I was going to tell. But the thing is, he has this metal, monstrous, ugly hand. And, but he would come out on stage and make like two jokes about it and address it and never mention it again. And it was so funny. It was like the elephant in the room got shooed away. But before the show... We're sitting in the green room. I am sure I told you this story. No. And it's me, Robert Schimmel, Nick DiPaolo, Dave Chappelle, who wasn't Dave Chappelle yet, you know. Right. It was 1993. Right. And Paul Provenza and whoever else, and my wife Nancy. And we're sitting there. And Roger Rittenhouse is sitting there, and he's got a mug of coffee. And he's holding it with this prosthesis with two metal fingers and he was done with his coffee and he's just holding the mug and out of a clear blue sky Paul Provenza stood up and threw a quarter into the mug Uh, it was breathtakingly funny I mean it was like so cold it was unbelievable oh wow that's great hysterical years later when we made the aristocrats We were up in Sundance, and I said, Provenza, do you remember what you did with Roger Rittenhouse? And I told everybody the story, and they went nuts. And he said, I don't remember. I said, if you don't remember it, it's my story. (laughs) Listen, we're doing jokes. You can
0: do jokes about momentous historical events, and it helps you to deal with them. I have a new bit in my act. It's literally... Speaking of momentous events... Because I'm celebrating (laughs) the new century, and it was time for a new bit and I'm a social studies teacher and I'm telling the class, I remember where I was when I found out President John Kennedy was assassinated. And I remember where I was when I first heard about 9-11. And this kid in the back of the room goes, hey, where were you when the Titanic went down? (laughs) And the class laughed and I said, I was freezing in the water with Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) because that bitch would not let us up on her platform that she was floating on. And everybody laughs at that, and everybody's seen Titanic, and I'm doing that joke, and I see the audience turn to themselves and start going, yeah, there was room up there. There was room up there. Why didn't she let him up there? You know,
1: you really hit a nerve. You lose sight of the... because Because they can... It was something they knew and they, <laughs> they could deal with. They knew and they could deal with it. Did, oh, I, my, I love this my stuff. My grandfather was one of the guys who survived the Titanic.
0: Your grandfather survived Sur- the survived Titanic? It, yeah,
1: but he was in his room with an inflatable doll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, and I mean that's a perfect way <laughs> to conclude this episode <laughs> of stand-up memories that is Jackie Martling. I'm Peter Bales, and we will see you next time. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and
1: right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? Me space? My space? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do-da, da <laughs>